That's the best you got. Come on. Thank you. I, I know that was all for me, so thank you so much for that. Uh, last words Pastor Tim just said to me was, have fun. Uh, so we're going to have fun this morning, okay? Uh, I need to tell you, the last time I preached a sermon in front of anyone um, was about the size of this group right here, okay? So I may stand right here and just preach to you. They can listen in if they want, um, but I would feel a whole lot more comfortable maybe doing that. But I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, many of you have been asking about our house. I just want to give you a quick update. Uh, we had a viewing this past week, which is the first one in seven weeks. Whew. Um, we got another one tomorrow, so if you're a prayer warrior, pray that it sells tomorrow. Uh, but uh, we're, we're thankful and excited that what is happening and will happen, and getting here full-time is our plan, and we, we look forward to that happening here soon. Uh, I'm excited to, to share with you this morning, and I want to just ask the question, have you ever believed something only to find out that it wasn't true? Have you ever believed in something or pictured something and you always vision that this is the way it was, this is the way it's always been, and then you find out maybe later in life that this is not completely true. Uh, this has happened to me many times. It may have happened to you. And, and I just, I wonder why our, our, our minds change, why our visions change, why it changes. I think it has something to do with uh, a book that I like. You may have heard of it before. It's called The Bible. And, and, and God can do this incredible stuff through his word that can change your thinking, change your perspective, and change the way you view things from this day forward. And that's what he can do in his word. And, and I, think it's, I think it's great. I think it's a good book. If you haven't read it, uh, pick one up. Uh, if you don't have one or can't afford one, uh, PT will buy it for you. I'm sure he would. And, and so I just, uh, you need to get one of those. We're going to look this morning at Acts chapter 10. We've been looking at the series going viral. And uh, this morning... Uh, I've been given the passage of Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 44. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. We're not going to look at it quite yet, because I want to do what, what I like to do, is look at the background of what leads us up to our passage. So I want to just share with you quickly uh, about the two main characters in our passage and what leads us to the text that we're going to read here in just a few minutes. And so the first guy I want to look at is Peter. And Peter is a good guy. Peter is up on the roof. Uh, of Simon the Tanner's house in the middle of the day, and he's praying, and he's just kind of relaxing. He starts to get hungry. He asks the cook, could you go get me something to eat? And while he's sitting there on the roof, he kind of just falls into like a trance, you know, daydreaming, just kind of just loses where, have you, anyone ever done that before? You're just kind of like, you're just kind of sitting, some of you are doing it right now, uh, okay? Have you ever done that before, anyone here? Okay, yeah. I mean, it just, you just kind of fall into that uh, trance right now. And literally, hopefully these guys aren't. That's good. Um, I was, um, when, when my wife was uh, getting ready to give birth to our second son, Eli, we were in the delivery room, and she had this, like, super doctor, okay? He was like, uh, you've got God, and then you've got this doctor, like, right there, okay? This guy was gold. He was awesome. And he starts talking to her, and he's got this soothing voice, okay? It's that voice where you just, it kind of calms you. And you're just like, oh, that's good. That's good. I'm sitting there in the chair next to her uh, while he comes in. It's only a few hours away before Eli's born. And, and she's obviously um, doing awesome. Uh, and uh, we're, we're sitting there, and he's just talking to her, you know, trying to, to just calm her down and relax her soothing voice. And he says to her, you're sitting on a beach. 
Your feet are in the sand. The water is brushing over your ankles and your toes. I'm sitting in the chair next to you, and I'm like, And all of a sudden, do you ever feel like you're falling, but you're not, but you think you are? Yeah, your head nodding, right? I'm in my chair, and I'm like, oh. I look up, she looks at me, and the, I'm not lying here. She looks at me, and she just goes, seriously? <laughs> I did not win that day. Uh, it was a bad day for me. But uh, this is Peter. He's on the roof. He's hungry. Everything's just kind of like in a daze. He's in a trance. And all of a sudden, Peter has this vision. It's an interesting vision. It's a vision of a sheet being lowered, um, lowered to the ground by its corners. And in it, there are all sorts of animals and reptiles and birds. And, 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 the, and the strangest part of the vision happens. Someone speaks in his vision. And it's a voice that says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter would have been used to killing fish, so the idea of killing something was not a, a strange request for him. Uh, he was used to killing fish, cutting them open and cleaning them. So it's not that the idea of killing something uh, or killing animals that surprised him. Rather, it was the kind of animals that they were. Uh, these are animals that have been declared unclean by the Old Testament scriptures, and now he's being told that to, to basically eat them. Naturally, he, he objects. He's, he's a good Jewish boy, knows that this is not what he's supposed to do based upon Old Testament scriptures. And, and, and now he's being told he's supposed to eat them. And he's not quite sure what to do. He, he wouldn't eat anything unclean, you see. He didn't want to wrong God. But then he, he, he gets an even bigger surprise in his vision. He's told that God has made these things clean. So how can he call them unfit if God declares them clean? How can we call something not right if God says it's good? And God is making a change in his life, and Peter obviously needs time. He's still not quite getting what, he's trying to, what God is trying to say to him in this vision, and he needs a little bit more time to process. So there's a second guy in our story, and his name is Cornelius. And Cornelius, he was a centurion in the Italian regiment of the Roman army, uh, he kind of looked over about 100 men, and, and he was known as a very noble guy, a really, really good, honest man, uh, good character. The Bible describes Cornelius and his family as God-fearing and very devote to the scriptures and to the teachings of, uh, that were available to him. And he, was also, uh, he also donated money to the poor, good guy, okay? And he prayed to God regularly. Uh, Cornelius was, a, was just one of those guys that everybody loved. And he, was just a, he didn't want to wrong anyone. He was, he was missing something. He was missing something, though. And he, he seemed good. He followed, he followed the religion of the Jewish people, even though he wasn't Jewish himself. And he prayed, and he donated to the poor. He tried to live a good, clean life. In his mind, that's what God wanted. That's the way to heaven in his mind. But something was wrong. Something was missing in his heart. Something didn't seem to be right anymore. Something big. And so God sent an angel to Cornelius and told Cornelius to find the apostle Peter and tell him to come see him. So Cornelius sends out some guys to go get Peter. And it's, it's at this point, okay, remember Peter just had a vision himself. It's at this point that Peter begins to realize that the vi what the vision was really all about and what he needed to do with the vision that he was given. And so Peter comes to Cornelius' house and begins to share with him and his household. 
Acts chapter 10, beginning to read at verse 34. If you've got your scriptures, I think it's on the screen too. Let's look at this. Then Peter began to speak. Okay, so this is Peter talking to Cornelius and his household. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Verse 36, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism and John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Verse 39, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him, and everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Through his name, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Two men, they thought they had a clear understanding. They thought they had a clear understanding of who God was. They both have a vision from God, a separate vision that brings them together, and they, and, and they changed the way they thought and believed. Several years ago when I met Rebecca uh, for the first time, I was in my third year at Bethany Bible College, which is now known as Kingswood University. And uh, we were there. Uh, she, was a, she was a freshman in her, in her second semester, and I was coming back to school. Uh, I met her basically because uh, the friends that she had made in her first semester were basically my old friends. And so we started all hanging out as a group. We kind of connected a little bit just as friends, and we had a mutual friend that thought we would make a great couple uh, I love those people, especially when they get it right, okay? And they got it right this time. And so uh, I did what any Bethany student does who wants to uh, start dating a girl. I picked up the phone, called her room number, and invited her to go to Tim Hortons. Um, that's just what you do there, okay? Uh, ask anyone uh, that's ever been there. You go to Tim Hortons. And, and in some cases, by the time you come back up from Tim Hortons on your first date, you're already engaged, okay? Uh, true story, okay? <laughs> All right, I won't say how that ended. Uh, but, uh, I mean, this, this was just, uh, uh, this is what was happening with us. Uh, we were down there at Tim Hortons, our first date. I don't think she knew it was a date, which was good for me. Uh, and we get down there, we're having uh, coffee and, and chatting and just talking. And, and it's the first time we're alone, okay? We're used to having other people around us. And while we're, we're chatting, I finally get the nerve to be vulnerable and to just express how I feel towards her. And so I go through this whole spiel about how I, it's been nice getting to know you, and, and you're just a, you seem like a really lovely girl from a great family. And I, um, um, I just want you to know I, I, uh, 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 I, I really like you. And she sits across the table from me, and I'm not making this up. And she gave me permission to tell this story. She looks at me and she says, thank you. 
I'm glad you found it funny. <laughs> Tears began to fill my eyes. No, they didn't. I, I looked at her and, no word of a lie, I just looked at her and said, so, how about those Blue Jays? And uh, she'll tell you that's exactly what I said. And they're doing really good right now, right, Dale? Like, we love the Blue Jays. Yeah, they're doing really good. Uh, we, we kind of uh, kept the relationship going. I eventually wore her down, and she started officially dating me. And we, we began uh, getting to know each other really well. And during that time, we discovered something about each other. Rebecca had a calling that God had placed on her life. And it was, she always felt God was calling her to be a full-time missionary and to work overseas. Okay? Those were the, that was the calling that God had placed on her life. At the same time, I had a very strong calling on my heart. I always felt God had called me to be a full-time pastor in the local church. And so during this time, the two of us are having a lot of conversations. And we just tr can't see how our callings that God has placed on our lives mesh together. We just can't see it. And we are, we are literally in, in, in breakup mode. We're just kind of like, this is not going to happen. We're not going to be able to make it. And so we, we went back and forth. I remember that summer very clearly. It was a very difficult summer. Uh, I was working at a church on Grand Manan, and she was living in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania at the time. And we just, a lot of dialogue, conversation. And it just, we didn't know what was going to happen next. We decided, though, that summer that we are going to do whatever we can to make this work. And so we trusted God. We just felt this peace come over us that God has something in store special for us to make this work. Well, one of the things that God did was he gave Rebecca a stronger passion for the local church. And one of the other things God did was he gave me, the local church guy, a stronger passion towards missions. It's a good thing because they just hired me to be the missions and outreach pastor here. <laughs> I'm glad I put that last part in. <laughs> and if anyone thinks that God doesn't have a sense of humor, you're wrong. The first church God calls me to be a local church solo pastor is to a city called Mount Pearl, Newfoundland as the local church pastor overseas. <laughs> Coincidence? Nah. Say nah. Nah. We had pictured our lives a certain way only to discover God had a plan that was different from what we thought. The Apostle Peter and Cornelius, both of them had pictured God one way only to find out that it was very different from how they had pictured him in their minds. You see, at this point, Peter thought he was, the only, he was only to preach to a certain group of people, to, you, uh, to the so-called clean people, the Jewish people. But God was telling him that his gospel was for the whole world. Cornelius thinks living a clean life is what it takes to get to heaven, and that's all he has to do, and, and it's all he has to do to earn salvation, to earn heaven. Peter comes to his house and shares with Cornelius the true way of salvation. Something was missing, you see. Something was missing in the heart of Cornelius. And that something was more important than any good work that he could possibly do in this world. And without, without that something, no matter how hard he tried, Cornelius wouldn't be going to heaven. You see, church, that something was faith in Jesus Christ. Without faith, you've got nothing. And he needed the faith of Jesus Christ. And Cornelius had heard of Jesus before. He had heard of how he died. He knew that people were saying good things about him, but he didn't understand that Jesus was and needed to be 
his Savior. Do we understand that truly today? Do we understand truly that Jesus needs to be our Savior? Jesus needs to be our Savior. Not, not this church. This church can't be your Savior. I can't be your Savior. PT can't be your Savior. Even a McDonald's Happy Meal can't be your Savior. Even it's really good. Okay? It can't be your Savior. Jesus, say it with me. Jesus is our Savior. Say it. That's right. Now you got it in your head. You know it. Let's go home right now. Are we ready? Jesus is our Savior. Okay? That's the only way to heaven. And Cornelius is learning and understanding this for the first time ever in his life, even though he had been a good guy. And here in our text, Acts 10, verse 36 again, the apostle Peter puts it all together for him. He says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. If you're looking for peace, Cornelius, it comes through Jesus Christ and nowhere else. You know what happened next, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. God was with him. You see, when Jesus was walking the earth and doing all these miracles that, that he performed here on earth, it served one major purpose for all of us, to show people that he was the Messiah the one real way to heaven. And Peter uh, later goes on to describe how Jesus took away the sins of the world by dying on the cross and then rising from the dead. And I'm sure that, that uh, this just blew Cornelius' mind. It just blew him away. He had always thought that being a good person, helping the poor, praying, doing all these things, that that's how you please God. That's how you go to heaven. But now Cornelius finds out something different. He finds out that no matter how good you are, you can never be good enough. Hmm. Isn't that encouraging? Huh. No matter how good you are, you can't be good enough. No matter how good I am, I can't be good enough. And he finds out that Jesus Christ, someone he had heard about before, was a Savior. He finds out that Jesus has taken all the sins away, that God loves him and forgives him, and that Jesus has just cleared the way for him. And Jesus has done it all for him. And he finds out that prayer and good works are not the way to heaven, but instead they're ways of, think, of thanking Jesus for saving him. And God had changed the way he thought. Maybe someone here this morning, can you relate to Cornelius? Can you relate to his life? to his story, to what's going on in his life right now. I always thought that I could go to heaven by being a good person. I, I pray once in a while. I, I do good things. I help the needy. I try to live a good, clean life. Sure, I've heard of Jesus Christ. Just be a good person like him, right? And maybe that's where your mind is this morning. And then you find out that, no, that's not the way it works. Through his word, God changes the way you think, and you find out that no matter how good you are, you're never going to be good enough. You'll never do enough to earn God's favor. And I love what Pastor Drew said last week when he said, there is nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there is nothing you can do to make God love you less. That's good preaching, Drew. <laughs> what a powerful statement. There's nothing I can do, nothing I can do to make God love me more, and there's nothing I can do to make God love me less. What a powerful statement. What a thing to hold on to in life. Through his word, you find out that even the nicest person in the world still 
has faults, still has shortcomings. And, becomes, and because of those shortcomings, you can never be nice enough to earn your way to heaven. And that's why God tells us in his word, that's why God tells us in his word, you need my son to be your savior. You can't stop, you, 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 can, you can stop trying to earn your way to heaven and you can start trusting in Jesus Christ as your savior. Stop and start. Stop and start, folks. Stop earning, trying to earn it and just start believing in Jesus Christ. Some people will say to me, Pastor, you don't understand. If you knew all the things I've done, if you knew my story, if you knew everything that's happened, uh, if you know the people that I've wronged, the people I have hurt, it's too late for me. There's nothing I can do. And you know what? You're, you're sort of right. <laughs> there is nothing you can do because you see, Jesus did everything for you already. He's already done it. Learn about and believe in what Jesus has done for you and you will find peace. And the good news turned this Roman soldier, this man named Cornelius' life upside down and for the better. And it turns people's lives upside down today as well for the better. To spend your whole life believing that being a good person is the way to heaven, but then to find out that it's not the way, that it's through Jesus Christ, his life and death and resurrection, and that's the way to heaven. Now, the whole situation turned the Apostle, Paul, Apostle Peter's life upside down too. In verse 34 and 35, Peter says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Peter couldn't believe what, what he was seeing. He couldn't believe it. Uh, he, was, he was in this house of a, of a Gentile, and God was converting Gentiles and blessing Gentiles, just like God had, had done for the Jews. And he's just like, what is going on here? This goes against everything Peter had been brought up believing. And Peter uh, had always thought that God was an exclusive God. This was the way he saw him. Uh, for, for, the Jews, uh, for the Jews only. And Gentiles were the outsiders, the second class citizens of the world who didn't deserve God's attention like the Jews did. And so Peter is just like, what is going on? Peter sees that God loves the Gentiles just like he loves the Jews. And now Peter sees with his own eyes that God loves all people, regardless of what nationality they are, and he wants all people to believe and be saved. And now Peter sees that God is a God for every person on the face of this earth, and not just for a select few. And this blew Peter's mind away. Everything he had believed in all of his life is now being changed because of this vision and this opportunity to go and share. It changed the way he had thought. Maybe there's someone here this morning, can you relate to Peter? Can you relate to him maybe in, in your life or where you are even right now? Sometimes we forget that no matter what a personal, person's nationality, no matter what a person's social or economic status, situation, God wants uh, every person on the face of the earth to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. And sometimes it's hard to fully accept that God loves me, God loves you, but he also loves that person in Haiti who's fighting just to survive. You know, that God loves me, but he also loves that single mom who's falling apart, who's falling apart and can barely feed 
her children. God, God loves me, but he also loves the homeless person who's mumbling and begging on the street just to try to get enough to get to the next day. God loves me, and he also loves that guy who has made so many mistakes over and over again is now spending a life sentence in jail. God loves him just as much as he loves me. That's the God we serve. That's the God you can serve. God is a God who loves all people and wants all people, no matter who they are, to believe in Jesus and be saved, and he does not show favoritism. As the Apostle Peter reminds us today, what an amazing and loving God we have. And if we let God in, church, this morning, if we let God in, he will change the way you think. He will change the way you think, and that's just what happens. And really, that's the purpose of our church, I think, the purpose of our church, people inviting people to experience and follow Jesus. That's what we're called to do, to get people in touch with the wonderful message so that God can change people for the better. There are so many people out there that are just like Cornelius, nice people who don't know the way of salvation. There are so many people out there just like Peter, people who don't know just how loving our God really and truly is. As a church, we are here to share with people this wonderful truth from God's word so that God can change people for the better. And God will and desires and wants to do that even here this morning. Friends, we have a message for the world. We have a message for the world that God loves all people. And that message, as our series says, going viral, that message needs to go viral. God loves all people. God loves all people. And it is up to you and me to share that message to our world. 14 years ago, 14 years ago, I went on my very first mission trip to the Czech Republic. And uh, I think the reason I went on that trip in the first place was because I was dating Rebecca at the time and I wanted to <laughs> prove to her that missions was real in my heart. <laughs> that was really the only reason I signed up to go. <laughs> Sucker was I. I'm in the Czech Republic. It's my second to last day there. I, I'm uh, on the streets of Prague. And I run into a guy on the street who has a, a little pamphlet in his hand. And he, and he hands it to me, and without thinking, I just grab it. It's in my hand. I'm hanging on to it. And all of a sudden, I look down at the pamphlet, and I realize I don't want to be looking at this pamphlet. Um, it was inviting me to an adult show later that night, and... Um, as you can tell, it's probably not a good place for me to go. Uh, so I wasn't planning to go. I looked at this gentleman, and he said to me, why are you even here? And I looked at him and said, well, I've come here because I want to tell people about Jesus Christ. And he says, oh, you're a Christian. I said, yes, I'm a Christian. He said, I'm a Christian too. And I thought, interesting. <laughs> and so I asked him, I said, well, what makes you a Christian? I thought, that's a great question for this guy. And he looks at me, and I wrote it down. Here's, what he, here's the quote he said to me. I gave $2 to a church once, once, and I try to help people when I'm free. There are a lot of people in our world today that believe that that's all it takes. That's it do once, something once in a while for someone, 
throw a buck or two every now and then in the offering plate. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Friends, you don't have to go to another country to find these type of people. They're in our streets, in our schools, in our workplace, and they might even be here this morning. God sent Peter to help Cornelius, the Roman soldier, learn the true way to heaven. And today he is sending us to every person on the face of this earth, no matter who they are, so that they also might find the peace that they are looking for in their lives. People need to know that Jesus can be their Savior and needs to be their Savior. Change the world. We can change the world, change the way you view life here this morning, folks. Just change the way you view life. Let God into it. Let God into your situation, into your life, and let him be your savior this morning. Would you stand with me? I want to pray with you in just a moment. Jay's going to lead us in a song. Uh, Just before we pray, I just want to say, if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ, you don't even know what he can be for you, I'm here to tell you again, he can be your savior. And it's quite simply just saying, God, come into my life. Forgive me of of me. (laughs) Forgive me of my sins, of my wrongdoings. And you can accept him right now into your heart. You can accept him while I'm praying. You may be here this morning and maybe you're seeing God in a whole new way that you've never visioned before. If that's you this morning, I want you to invite God to, to help you with that change. Maybe you're here this morning and you're discovering that there's a whole world out there that needs someone like me to help reach it. Wherever you fall in those categories today, I invite you this morning to give it to God, to surrender to him and invite him to be your savior. Invite him to be the one that that heals the world. Invite him to come and just do, do drastic life changes in people's lives. I'm gonna pray, you can, I invite you if you fit any of that this morning, or maybe God's stretching you in another way, I invite you just to have the courage to step out wherever you are and come down, kneel, pray. Uh, We would just love for you to make that testimony today that God is who he is, and I'm for him. And I would love for you to make that statement today as we pray, as we sing. Let God speak to you this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you today for this opportunity to hear your word, to hear your message today, God. And I pray that your message will go viral to a world that so desperately needs to hear about a Savior named Jesus Christ. And help us as a church to take that on. Help us as a church, as individuals, to take that challenge on, to go and to reach people for Christ. And again, this morning, Lord, if there's someone here that's never done that, before they leave this room this morning, I pray that they'll accept Jesus Christ into their lives by simply saying, God, come into my heart. Forgive me. Forgive me. And help me be the man or woman you desire me to be to help change your world. We thank you here today in Jesus' name.